Hi, this is Patty Davis. I'm a psychic intuitive and medium coming to you from Humboldt County in Northern California. And I'm Judea, a psychic intuitive energy healer coming to you from the island of Kauai. And together we are Spirit Speakers Podcast, where we meet to discuss a variety of topics from two different psychic vantage points. Hello, this is Patty. Hey, Jude. Hi, Patty. Welcome to this new episode, which we have titled What the Beep is Happening in the World. Now, we chose this topic because we have gotten a lot of messages and a lot of requests to discuss this. And to be honest, we're a tad nervous about it. This is a pretty bold topic to tackle. And what you may not know is that we tend to tone things down just a tiny bit for our audience, especially Jude. <laughs> So we, we try to keep one toe in the comfort zone, but we're going to totally let all that go and put it all out there during this episode. So consider yourself pre-warned. All right. So what the beep is happening in the world? You know, Jude and I are by no stretch of the imagination experts on the current condition of the planet or the human race. And we can only pass on our personal opinions and share the info that we have channeled or that we've been given by spirit or by other beings about the state of the world. So that's what we're going to do in this episode. We're not really sure where it's going to take us or how far out we are going to go, but we're going to go ahead and dive in. So Jude, do you want to start off? Yes, Patty, my nerves are already high as you pass this one on over to me. It's like, can't you warm it up? Uh, I have been very cautious about the things that I share because a lot of it is controversial. And I, in the work that I do want to hold space for everybody in their different levels of awareness or how they perceive the world or in their belief systems, be it spiritual or political or other, you know, and I believe all of it is relevant. I believe all of us have valid viewpoints and our reality is truly a reflection of how we choose to see the world. And that's ultimately what I know in its highest truth. Of course, I have my own that is particular to me in the way that I see it. And I'm very cautious about what I say and how I say it because I mean not to offend anybody. So having said that, if I do say something that is off-putting or disagrees with you, I just want to say it's not that I'm trying to convince anybody here that my viewpoint is the totally correct and highest way. It's just my interpretation from my own experience and, and in the way that I get information but I would like to share how I feel about the state of the world and what it means and how we individually and collectively are relating to those frequencies. I don't know where to really begin, Patty, because I'm just going to like pass the feather right back to you. <laughs> no, no fair. <laughs> okay. You start. <laughs> All right. I'll start off by sharing my meditation. I had this meditation just prior to uh, Trump being elected as president. It was one of those meditations that really stick with you that were very clear and very potent and something that you really pay attention to when you're in it. So I had this very profound meditation where spirit pretty much was warning me to hold on tight that things were going to get a little rocky here on the planet. 
And what I was told was that all of the darkness that we had swept under the rug for so long, the racism, the sexism, the bigotry, the hate, that all of that was going to be released and brought into the foreground. And that this was extremely necessary, that there were people on the planet that were choosing to not live in a state of love and brotherhood and equality, and that these people needed to see this contrast between love and hate, light and dark, and that this was an important and necessary move. And that this was going to give these people a chance, almost like a wake up call to give people a chance to choose to move into a higher vibration, that as the world was moving into a higher vibration, we were in this little bit of a pause to allow people to catch up or people to decide where they were choosing to go or how they were choosing to evolve. So as I was shown this, I was also told that there are those of us that, you know, we'll, we'll just call them light keepers, that it is our job to try to stay as positive and to have faith and trust and do the best that we can to be the best versions of ourselves to also help with that contrast, to help other people along, to help build the vibration, to hold the vibration and bring it up. And that um, it was going to be difficult to do so, that we were going to be faced with all this hate and this anger and division and fear, and it was going to be a tricky time. And that people were either going to jump on board and evolve with the planet and rise into higher dimensional realities, or they were going to leave. Now, the whole thing about leaving uh, was kind of unsettling and hard to understand. And so COVID hit shortly after that. And throughout COVID, I, you know, I was saying, is this what you're talking about, about leaving? And, you know, a spirit, nothing is, you know, so straightforward and totally clear it all, you know, it's all up to interpretation. And I was asking many, many questions. And what I was told that there were people that were dying from COVID that had chose to leave because they weren't ready for this or they couldn't, couldn't hang. And then there were also people that had incarnated souls that had chosen to incarnate that had already worked out through their karmic debt, but they were working as volunteers that they were here to assist and to be present and to help. And that a lot of them were also leaving the planet at that same time. So as this moved on for me personally, as things started to come up, you know, I myself would go into fear. And being an empath, I would pick up on the fear of the collective consciousness and then the division and then the anger and then the confusion. So I was going through all the feels myself and still trying to check in with spirit really regularly. And I just kept being told, this is necessary. This is the way it has to be. You need to trust, stay out of fear, stay out of anger and keep your vibration up as high as you can, because you have to keep your lantern as bright as you can to help those to move forward or help those to see the light. This isn't one of those things where you should be happy all the time and ignore any negative feelings. You know, fear and anger, those things are, are necessary and important. And, but I was being told that I should not succumb to that, that I needed to stay away from that as much as possible to have faith and to trust and to know that this is necessary. So it's kind of like every time I would go into fear, anxiety, it's almost like spirit would pat me on the back and be like, it's okay. Take a deep breath. This is necessary. Even though you're not able to see the full picture and that you don't have a full understanding of the process, it's necessary. So my 
interpretation of this is that, and my belief is that the planet is trying to move into a higher vibrational frequency. And we can see that in the Schumann resonance and, and other things. So we, we have this jump and then we plateau and then we have a jump and then we plateau. And there's all these glitches in time. And there's so many things happening simultaneously really right now that we're all being invited to move up into these frequencies. And it's up to us on how quickly we do that. Uh, at what point we're uh, ready to do that and to just, again, be our best versions of ourself and try to live up from a state of love and acceptance and with the divide, you know, of, of people right now to not be judgmental, you know, that's kind of a little bit of a trick there too. You know, we're, we're trying to move in, we're trying to have this collective group of people that reach a high enough consciousness that we're able to take the whole planet, the whole human race along with us into a higher place, but we're being tested even as light keepers on how, if we're able to maintain that state and not be brought down by what's happening in the world. That's kind of trying to summarize it in a nutshell, Jude, I'm going to hand it over to you. I find it fascinating how much you and I align with how we perceive these changes that are unfolding on the planet, though each of us will have it shown to us in a totally different way. Yeah, it's still the same message at the end of the day. I've had many prophetic visions of this time, which started back in the early 2000s. And I saw a world descending into chaos and darkness and a very sort of self-serving black cloud of destruction overtaking the planet. And in this vision, I saw that there would be a major event that would happen that would inject light into the planet. And it was as though everybody's consciousness shifted all in one moment. To compress such a profound experience into one vision, you know, there's a lot of room for interpretation. You know, I don't know, is that literal? Is there going to be a light that injects into the earth? And then everybody just like takes a breath and we're all happy again, or, you know, or is this something that takes years to unfold? But when you think of the timeline of our existence, if it is just a few years, which could seem long, it's minuscule in comparison to the whole of everything we've ever experienced as a collective lifetime after lifetime after lifetime of suffering and imbalance and all this craziness. If we shift and ascend in a matter of a decade or a few decades, that's, that is instantaneous almost practically, you know? I also saw in my visions that there would be this darkness and this sense of suffering and destruction and separateness from source and divinity that would sort of sweep over. And it would, as the scales are tipping, be heavier and it would deplete and weigh down and poison and disease this planet and the people on it. We would become unwell in every facet of the imagination of just mentally, spiritually, physically, everything was going to be essentially to the brink of destruction. And then something would happen, an event. And, the, and in the vision that I had, I think it was back in 2006, I saw that there was an event that would happen where information was the source of the event, meaning that the media or the way information was able to spread around the planet was going to be the catalyst for this great change to happen. And in 2006, it, the iPhone wasn't even out. We weren't even text messaging back in 2006. We used to just call people <laughs> and, you know, I barely had a cell phone at that point. And I remember getting this vision and thinking, 
you know, I was limited to like the radio and the TV and thinking, how is this information going to spread? The internet was there, but it wasn't like, you know, YouTube wasn't super popular or social media was still very fresh. Nowadays, like something ridiculous can happen and the whole world can know about it in a matter of 24 hours. And we call these like viral videos. And it seems like everybody knows in a second because everybody's texting and sharing and doing all these things. But in 2006, I had no way of understanding that. And I thought it was the weirdest, lowbrow, anti-spiritual catalyst that I could have been shown. I was like, really? The TV and radio is going to bring this great awakening into the planet? But what I saw was that there was going to be this massive event. I never saw what the event was, but I knew it was going to be so profound that everybody around the planet was going to find out about it at once. And everybody around the planet would be affected all in the same way. And this would be the catalyst to make this great change, this, this great awakening that was going to happen on the planet. And I saw in that vision that at the time that this change would happen, it was almost like the whole earth and everybody on it was suffocating. It was almost like nobody could breathe or their breathing was very shallow. And if you can imagine in those times when it, I've lived up in Northern California during the fires, and then there's that smoke and smog everywhere, and you're breathing that day in and day out. And eventually after a week or two, everybody looks gray and lethargic and tired and unwell. But imagine that whole feeling across the whole planet. And I saw exactly as that, as this, this sense that the whole planet couldn't breathe, including the earth, the flora, the fauna, and all the people on it was practically suffocating and on their last breath. And then this information spread. I don't know what the information was about, but it had something to do with an event. And then I saw this light inject into the planet. And as this light swept over the planet, I felt like everybody on it took this deep, satisfying breath. And I saw the earth itself expand into this like golden, brilliant light. And I could hear everybody across the planet cheering and in relief and in gratitude because they were able to surrender, release the suffering, the fear, the oppression that they were under. And as I said, I saw it all in a moment, but could this be something that spreads out over many years? And it wasn't until the modern day, you know, in the last few years when they had those text message alerts coming out, when something could happen and everybody across the planet gets a text message at the same time that says something's going to happen. For me, it was when I was living on the big island and we had the ballistic missile warning that came to us. I'm sure many of you heard about it and everybody's phone beeped off ballistic missile incoming run for cover. And I'm telling you all the islands and everybody on it freaked out, including myself, except for me, I panicked for about five seconds and then realized I had nowhere to hide. And I just accepted that if I was meant to die, it was going to happen. And I processed all of that in about 10 seconds where other people were jamming their cars in the streets, running to the hills, screaming, crying, trying to call everybody. I mean, it was absolute chaos. And all of this happened by one text message being sent to all people on Hawaii. We have the capability of doing that all around the world. And then I saw that come to fruition when COVID happened. And all in a matter of one day, our entire world shut down and everybody on it locked down. And I observed that entire situation in awe because I saw this happen in 2006. I didn't see it was COVID. All I saw was that it was information. It would affect the whole planet. And here before my eyes, I'm literally watching this unfold and it's blowing my mind. And so for me, I knew we were coming very close to a really great change. And I also found it very interesting that during COVID, you know, COVID attacks the lungs and people were on respirators and they weren't able to breathe. And then Black Lives Matter. 
I can't breathe. There's waving signs. There's fires exploding all over the world. The biggest fires we've ever seen. People are walking around with air masks and we're hearing about all these natural disasters and these crazy fires and people can't breathe. So this theme of not being able to breathe or take our breath and breath is the life. It's the source. It's the connection. It's, it's the thing, you know, that, that fuels us. This theme of not being able to breathe was sort of permeated into everything, which also aligned with this vision I had back in 2006. So all I knew, no matter how bad, how terrible, how chaotic and crazy everything was looking, all I kept seeing and remembering was that light and that light was coming in and that it was going to shift and change the consciousness of all beings across the planet. Now that vision happened in 2006 and I've had many visions. And every time I get a vision, I get sort of more of a detailed unfolding of that story, but that very much aligns with what Patty just said. And just an understanding that things were going to get just about as bad as it could get before it would ever begin to get better. And that was a necessary part of the healing for all of us here on the planet. So I think Correct me if I'm wrong, but you and I, you know, we will get information, but we don't get all of the little details at the same time. And for me, sometimes, even though I ask for it, it's almost like spirit will dish it out a little bit at a time for me. So for, for me, that vision, like some will stay, some will leave. As time has gone on, I've gotten different visions that, that kind of explain that in a little bit of a different way. But my question for you is that light injected into the planet what I got was I am getting that, you know, similar to a lot of theories here, you know, in different religions believe this as well, that we as humans reach a certain potency or a certain accumulation of people in a higher state of, let's say, love. And that that kind of takes the populace with it, or it helps us shift from one dimension into a higher space. Or what I've, what I've been told is that it's more human related and that we have a lot of beings and ETs that are here to assist us, but that it's up to us individually to maintain that space. I, so what I'm asking is, do you believe that light was coming from like we were being blessed or healed from a higher source? Or do you believe that that is something that occurred once humans chose to enough humans chose to be in a state of love and we were able to ascend into a higher dimension that that is what caused that light to be injected in the planet i think it's a little bit of both so that first vision that i had was in 2006 about and i've had a number of visions since then and some of the more recent visions they just get more detailed and more detailed about exactly how the pieces are played and how it all unfolds in some of the more recent visions, they told me that for every one person that's able to hold themselves aligned with the light, that one person would balance X amount of people. I don't know, just a large number of people who couldn't. That's how potent light is. Just as we can like light a match in a dark cave, we can illuminate a big space. So one person who's able to reach an embodiment of their higher self within their physical being will balance, I don't know how many people, but many people that cannot. And what I was told was there was only a very specific number of us that had to reach that quality of ascension, enlightenment. I'm not really sure exactly. Is it spiritual perfection? I'm not sure. I believe that there's many of us that are you know, well on our way, 50%, 75%, 80%. Maybe there's a very small pocket of people who are 99 and 100%, like truly masters 
spiritual masters in the world. And the way they showed it to me, there was a specific number. And once there was enough of us that held our energy in the purest light. And now if you can imagine those who hold themselves in the purest light are stripped of fear, doubt, lack of self-worth. They are a pure conduit from here on earth to source. And they have nothing, no karma, no baggage, no bullshit obstructing that connection to source and divinity and that knowing and that ability to work within that light space. I think that those people are amazing healers, just as you're working on somebody as a light worker, right? And there's many of us out there who are on our way to practicing that perfection. But when we get to work on somebody and we become the channel of source light healing to move into somebody else's field and heal them, that's what I'm talking about. But perhaps there's a number of us, and this is what I've been told, a specific number of us that reach the highest level of it. And when there's a specific number, there'll be enough of us to sort of tip the scales towards the light. And what I hear is those who are very ascended are going to hear a call. And this is what I heard. Okay. This is what I saw. I'm not trying to attach it to any specific religious philosophy or anything, but I saw this and I saw that there will come a point when all of those who have reached this highest level of clarity and enlightenment are going to hear a call and it will come from everywhere. It'll come from just as Patty and I speak of like downloads and, and spiritual messages that are coming in and we have to sit down and just listen. I was shown that it comes in so strong and it's like everybody who is within that number all at the same time will call upon that light and anchor it into the planet. So it's like a collective massive prayer that happens from every corner of the earth. And because those specific ascended beings are clear conduits of source light energy, and they can channel all of it without any obstruction of fear or karma or crap that has been getting in the way from us being connected to source and our divine self, that is going to be the conduit. So yes, the energy is coming from the divine place of source, but it is being bridged in by those of us who are here on the planet who understand and have stepped into our power to pull that energy in here. And that light is so strong that it will eradicate all shadow, all sickness, all everything across the planet. And that's what I see. Now that sounds like a very fantastical vision, but I cannot deny to anybody listening that that's what I've seen. And I rather go the rest of my life believing that that's a possibility than not have it at all. And I may be wrong and maybe it'll never happen, but that's the way I see it. I see it as a a miracle moment. And, um, I believe that I'm literally witnessing all of this happen. And it's not like there's only going to be a very specific number of enlightened people and everybody else is not there. I think there's a very specific number of enlightened people. And then many brackets of different levels of very enlightened people beyond that, but it takes at least a certain number of us to reach that full clarity in order for this big shift to happen. And I just want to make a note. So when I, when I got this message, it was around the time that we did the numerology podcast, which was a number of months ago. And uh, I went on our guest speakers numerology website that morning just to get some information to prepare for the podcast. And I saw that she had had a lot of things about uh, number sequences posted on her website. And I thought, man, that's going to be a really great question to have answered because Patty and I get this question all the time. What do the number sequences mean if we see this or that? And we have our answers, but it would be so great to be able to hear this answer from a numerologist, from somebody who's an expert in this field. And that happened in the morning. 
And later in the afternoon, I was mowing over this prophecy, this prophetic vision of a specific number of us. And I remember thinking, man, isn't there this mystical number that gets repeated of like a specific number of light workers or something like that? And so I Googled it and the same number came up. It was 144,000. And apparently this number 144,000 has appeared in the Bible. It's appeared in many, I don't know, historical, spiritual, religious paths, shamans, prophets. I don't know. It's just this number. And supposedly they say there's like 144,000 chosen and everybody has different interpretations of what that means. But just out of curiosity, I was like, okay, well, if it was only 144,000 people to reach the purest perfection of their ascended self, how many people would that be able to balance? So I Google how many people are on the planet and it's like 7.89362 billion people, some kind of crazy number like that. So I thought, okay, approximately 8 billion people divided by the potential 144,000 people that will reach this ascended light and carry us into the, the next golden age. Right. And the answer is 55,555.55555555555 on for infinity and it never ends. And this is right after I had just looked at this woman's website and was like curious about the number sequences. And I was floored. I literally fell back. You know, I was like, I was sitting on my bed. I fell back. I was like, what are the chances that I would punch in an equation and that would be the answer fives all the way across the board. And so I thought that was super interesting. And of course, when I spoke to the numerologist prior to us recording, I told her that that had happened. And she said, fives in sequence like that stand for spiritual transformation and change. And I thought, well, <laughs> I don't know, you know, spirit speaks and communicates in different ways, but, uh, you know, I felt like that was a pretty clear validation. Um, and perhaps there is something mystical about that number, but that was the way that I saw it. That's such a trip. I remember you telling me about that. This was one of our late night phone calls, like what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the thing, and this has happened to both Jude and I, we will have some profound channeling experience. And then we'll Google it and find out that it's a chapter in James von Prague's book or Dolores Cannon wrote exactly about this. Like, you know, we're not the only ones getting this information. And it's funny that sometimes, you know, like the first time I read about James von Prague, his book about ghosts, and I'm like, oh my God, that's exactly what I see. That's what ghosts have been telling me. It's this huge breakthrough. So this is not just our personal opinions. This is information we're getting that we are able to get confirmation on or validation on in, in different areas, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it blows my mind specifically with Dolores Cannon because somebody recently turned me on to one of her books that I could listen to on audio that just came out a little while ago. I can't remember the title of it, but anyways, I listened to it and I was saying what the bleep, like every two minutes, I was like, oh my God. And I, I had to like stop for a minute and be like, how is this so in alignment with everything that I've seen or known? to a point where it was literally like she was taking the words out of my mouth. And I know she's passed and she's been gone a long time, but I never read that book and it only came out on audio like a year ago. So listening to it for the first time, I was just completely blown away. 
and I had to revisit, no, I saw this at that time and I was visited and told this and all these things. And in much the same way, the information went to Dolores, but she did it through hypnosis, but they were these higher dimensional beings coming through her clients. So yeah, if you haven't ever listened to Dolores Cannon or read any of her books, I highly recommend it. I resonate with pretty much everything I've ever heard come from her. Yes. And I wanted to go back about something um, that you were saying earlier, you were talking about those that are able to reach the highest space of state of enlightenment, um, kind of pulling the planet up. So the information that I have gotten, and this may be, I don't think this is contradicting what you say. I think this is an addition to what you say, is that we are not being asked to travel away from our family and live on the mountain and be a guru and try to reach the state of enlightenment. We can do it, each one of us, by just small gestures of kindness and caring and love and volunteering and giving and recognizing and compassion and caring, moving into our heart chakra. This is a time of heart chakra activation. And the more we can move into that state of love, we can make a huge difference in the rise in vibration and our shift into higher states of, of love and higher states of um, dimensional frequency. So I love what you said, Jude, but I just don't want people to think like, oh, well, I work two jobs to be able to support my family. When am I supposed to reach this state of enlightenment? <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where we can just do these small things. Someone said to me the other day, have you noticed that everybody's a healer now? And I'm like, yes. And isn't it amazing? It's kind of like we, as people that live busy lives and, you know, support our families and raise our children, people are starting to recognize how important this is and they're feeling that calling and they are you know being guided to where they need to go to help and to be a potent part of this process and to help those that aren't able to see the light that are stuck in a state of darkness or a state of disbelief to help them and to heal them and to move things forward every little tiny bit every little tiny gesture every compliment every nice thing you do or say to somebody makes a huge difference on where we are headed. So I just wanted to put that out there. And I know you agree with that too, Jude. Yes, I totally agree with that because true mastery in our enlightenment is to be part of reality and also achieve it. Of course, if you were on some temple in the middle of the mountain, never having to look the rest of the ugliness in the world in the face, it would be very easy to be super shanti shanti 24 hours. But like, what does that really prove in yourself? But to be able to maintain a sense of flow and understanding and compassion and connection within the regular world, I think is like the highest level of mastery as far as enlightenment. It's so challenging and difficult to be in the everyday and still find that space for forgiveness and compassion and understanding. And if you can do that, in the face of the craziness that's going on in the world, you are truly a strong divine being. I definitely don't think it's going to be all these like obscure people hidden away from everybody. I think it's going to be your everyday person who's learned to navigate this world with such finesse and such light and such beauty. Those are the ones that will carry us. And yes, it is very important that all of us do our part because if it's not going to be me, I hope it's going to be somebody. And I hope that whatever contributions I make gets that person that much closer to reaching that highest level of light within their soul body. Because each one of us that lift, we lift the next person up a little bit higher and that ripples out from there. I have a lot of clients that are 
grieving that are just overcome with grief right now, even though they can't really, well, I mean, how can you not be grieving for the state of the planet right now? But even though it may not be something specific in their life that they're experiencing, that's triggering this. So the world as we know it and existence as we know it is ending, you know, it's totally shifting. And, and I think you'll agree with me with that, Jude. And there's this grief that a lot of people are suffering through where we feel that. And whether that means we're going to be leaving this and, and moving into a higher frequency, ascending into a higher space, there is an ending that we're all feeling right now. And, you know, there's certainly an ending with all the people that are leaving the planet, you know, from COVID. That was a huge exodus all at once. You know, we are all one. It's hard for us not to feel that and be part of that. So not only are we dealing with our political views and fear and pain and anger and and that, but we're all dealing with this sense of grief. Many of us have had many, many lives incarnate in the world as we know it today in different stages along the way, and it's getting ready to shift into a higher space. So this is the challenge. The challenge is to have an awareness of where we are, to respect our feelings and our emotions and what we're going through to have empathy and kindness and compassion for everyone that's suffering and for the planet that's suffering. But at the same time, try to find things that make us happy to be out in nature, to have respect for nature, to recognize the beauty that we are gifted here on the planet, to be around people that we love, to move into our heart chakra and live from that place. And it's a real challenge. It's, you know, it's a challenge to have that awareness of all the suffering and the grief and what's going on and still stay in that higher place. And, you know, there are a lot of people that, kind of get upset with the, oh, just be happy. Oh, move into a higher frequency. No, no, no. And say that that's bullshit. But I don't know, Judith, like, it's I don't, true I don't, though. it is true. And, and I'm, you know, I'm a devout optimist. I, you know, I own it 100%, but wallowing in fear or anger is not taking us where we need to go. That's where we need to move away from. So do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, definitely. Um, some of the visions I've had are about seeing two different versions of earth. One is this very like crusty, depleted, blackened nothingness earth. And one is this warm, big, bright, supple earth. And I've been given this vision many times and in different ways. And the last vision that I had more recently, I, it was very profound, but, um, how I was shown was that you got to think of the earth as sort of like a snake shedding its skin. And this old version of the earth is like the skin that is like shrinking up and kind of coagulating and spreading apart in order to allow this newer, brighter, bigger earth to open up, to get bigger. So we have to shed this old skin of this old way of being in order for this new one to step forward. Now, what happens with that, if you think of like that dryness of the old skin, like I hate to use this analogy, but this is how it looked to me, like scabs, okay? Like scabs are just like congestions of wounds gathering up and it becomes thick and crusty and dense, okay? So what's happening is that a lot of the darkness in the world is coagulating and congesting into these very dark pockets all over the planet. In those concentrated pockets, there's a lot of chaos and destruction and suffering happening. And we're seeing it because our media likes to put attention onto those things. 
and it's manifesting in all sorts of ways. And we all know it. We know what the crap that's going on in the world. And it's so dark and it's so horrific that it is like a train wreck. We can't look away sometimes. And if we're looking at the most concentrated form of that darkness, it looks so bad. It looks terrible. Just like when you look at a scab, if you look at it closely and you don't know what you're looking at, you're like, wow, that looks really bad. But really it's, it's healing, it's changing, it's shifting, it's transforming, right? But what we're not noticing and what is not given a lot of attention specifically by our media is all the healing and all the opening and all the growth that's happening in between these concentrated coagulated scabs of darkness that are happening all over the world. There's a lot of beauty. There's a lot of ascension and connection and healing that are happening. And we are not giving that part enough attention. But what they showed me in the vision is that these two versions of our reality are sort of hyperimposed on top of each other. So it is seemingly we are living in the same reality. And it was quite simple. It's like you could be standing next to somebody who is anchored into the other reality, the lower reality, and you could be looking over the same landscape, seeing the exact same thing. And you could be like, wow, what a beautiful sunset. What a glorious day. Look at those children playing. It's so happy. And the person right next to you could be like, what's that stench in the air? Can these people are so annoying? Can they get out of my face? You know, they could just totally have a completely different spin or perspective of what they're seeing. And from what they've told me is that separation has already happened. You're either on that lower timeline or you're on the higher timeline. And that these two people are coexisting in the same place. Where attention goes, energy flows. That's my philosophy. So right now it's super challenging. And this is what they explained to me. For those who are on that higher space, we still have to be in the presence and experience this coagulation of darkness that is very distracting. And what happens when we're there is like, it pulls our attention over there. It keeps us from allowing our light and our positivity and our hopefulness to ascend us further and, and accelerate that separation between these two realities. So what it does is it keeps us anchored. If we keep paying attention to this really dark, distracting stuff and let it pull us down. So we feel sad and fearful and guilty and overwhelmed and all these things. It's pulling our frequency down and it's slowing down the separation process. The thing is the separation is happening no matter what at this point, it's about like how fast, how swiftly are we going to make this happen? In my opinion, that's where I'm at with it. You know, and coming back to what Patty says, you know, this is a very challenging time because we are coexisting. I believe, in my opinion, we are already stepping on different timelines, but we are coexisting in the same space right now. And it's so important for us to try to feed our energy into positive things, things that are helpful, that change for growth, for healing. You know, it's not all perfect. There's still a lot of work for us to do because there are a lot of people on the higher timeline who still have a lot of healing left to do. And we need to support one another to lift them up, to clear those energies and, and get things moving in the positive direction. And a way not to do that is to be sitting there in this negative space. It's all going to shit. It's never going to be good. Everything's getting worse. You know, this is also a huge reason why I have a problem with conspiracy theorists. And the irony being is a lot of the stuff that I see... <laughs> In my prophetic visions align, yes, to some of the conspiracy theory things, but conspiracy theorists are really negative thinkers. They think of this super dark, ugly underbelly of control and dominion, and that may or may not be true, sure, but be mindful 
of the energy that you emit and where you put your focus. This is a very critical time for us to be very mindful about where we put our energy. And it doesn't mean that you're going to ignore the bad things that are happening in the world. We have compassion. We send it love. We send it light. We, we send it a prayer, you know, and if it's even in your heart, go out there, go volunteer, you know, go fly a sign, go do the things, but do it in the state of love. Don't sit in your home, locked up, cooped up, afraid of everything, not doing anything, thinking everything's going bad. That's not going to get you or this planet or any of us anywhere. And I believe by the second, that space between those two contrasting realities is getting further and further and further apart. I, I love your vision of the earth and, and the earth splitting into two. So for me, about two years ago, I'm a grounding maniac. I ground constantly. I was no longer able to ground. And we've talked about this a little bit before. It felt as if I was grounding into the damaged, dying, abused energy of the planet. And I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to even put my toe into that. And so I had to find a new way of grounding where I was like surrounding the earth in love and light and connecting with the healed part of her, that higher vibrational frequency of her, that beautiful, healed, respected, loved planet. And so where you see it as two separate earths, for me, it's almost like two different realities. And, and maybe we're talking about the same here, just in different. I would say the same. Yeah. Two different okay. realities. So it was almost as if I had to tap into a different reality to be able to ground and connect with her. I also don't ground from my root chakra any longer. And as we move into higher frequencies, we're going to use our root chakra less. We're going to move out of worrying about our basic needs being met, of feeling safe, because we're going to be moving beyond that. So now for me, I actually ground around the earth from my heart chakra. So it's grounding from a higher vibrational chakra into a higher vibrational earth. Now, when I got this message about people leaving in my, my first meditation where people will either see the light or they will leave. I'm like, what does that mean? Are they going to die? Are they going to leave in that they're going to live their own reality? Are they going to stay on this earth and I'm going to die and my heaven or my nirvana that I'm going to, that's going to be the new earth. Spirit will not give me a super clear, specific answer on what that means. I just keep being told to just chill, to try to get outside and be happy and do the things in my life that I love and to trust and know that this is necessary. So Jude, I'm curious, have you gotten anything specific with that on what that means exactly. And, and, you know, we're linear beings. We need that linear definition. And I'm kind of thinking that it's just not that simple. And that's why I'm not getting a straight answer. Well, yeah, I did get a vision that might explain that. Um, first of all, those who are leaving the planet now in whatever form of their passing, not necessarily just because of COVID, but any form that there are roles that are important in this ascension process on the other side. So just because 
somebody may have died and we haven't fully reached the, you know, finish line doesn't mean that they're not just as much a part of this. They have some very specific roles just beyond the veil to hold for us here still on earth, because in this great ascension, I see that the dissolvement of that veil between us and them, between our loved ones who've crossed over and our angels and our spirit guides and all interdimensional beings, like all of that is going to be fully exposed in the vision, in the version of what I see. Okay. And I know this sounds so crazy and so out there, but I can't help it. That's what I see. And in the same breath, telling all of you that I'm not attached. I'm happy to have the vision. I hope it really happens in the way that I see it. I would be super stoked, but don't hold it against me if it doesn't. And I won't hold it against myself, but I'll share with you what I saw. And what I saw was, as I was explaining earlier, these two different versions of earth existing in two different realities. So it's not like we can think of like two things that we're holding in our hand. It's, it's two different existences that are close enough in resonance with each other that we are seemingly in the same space, but eventually that separation between these two contrasting frequencies gets deeper and deeper to where one will simply disappear from the other one. And what I saw or what I was told was that an event is going to happen that will define the moment in which this separation takes place, where it's a full separation. I was told that on the higher reality, there would be some sort of technology or invention of some sort that is way beyond my scope of understanding, but it is so profound. It's so extraordinary that it literally changes the face of our reality almost instantaneously. It feels like it's a type of technology that changes the health of our planet. It changes our medical systems. It changes our education, our social systems, our money. It changes everything. It eradicates almost all of the problems that we have right now goes away because of this one technology that is given to us, or it's maybe a type of technology that is able to be bridged into many different sort of inventions. And overnight, everything's going to change for the better, for the positive. At the same time, on the lower reality, something of equal caliber is going to come. And I saw it as sort of like a World War III Armageddon destruction scenario. After the separation takes place, I was taken across the higher reality, the higher earth. And I saw these beautiful, like utopian society, like gorgeous, sustainable cities, dripping in gardens and food. And everybody was happy and healthy and very spiritual and very kind and blissed out. And it was technology matching spirituality and there was a knowing of ETs. There was a knowing of different beings from other places. It was glorious. And I could hear the consciousness of everybody on that higher planet saying things in their deep mind. And I could hear the collective saying, I knew the aliens were real. I knew that there was technologies beyond what we knew. I knew that they were going to come help us. I knew that we were going to make it. I knew we were going to win. I knew the light would prevail, you know, and I could hear this. And then they took me over the other darker planet. And the darker planet was pretty much dead. There was nothing living. The animals were dead. Almost all human beings were dead. There was barely any human beings left on the other planet. And those that were there were diseased and sick and starving. They had open wounds. They were poisoned. Uh, the waters were all dirty. If there was any at all, the air was unclean. Um, and I knew with the people I saw that eventually human beings were just going to die out. They couldn't even reproduce. The men were impotent. The women were sterile. And I could hear the consciousness of all the people on that planet 
saying, I knew World War III was coming. I knew that the governments were going to take over. I knew that there was going to be a pandemic that wiped out everybody. I knew nuclear war was going to destroy the planet. And then I could also hear them saying, those stupid people, they didn't prepare like us, sort of the doomsday prepper people. And nothing against people who are prepared for disasters. I live off grid. I have solar. I have my own water source. Trust me, I am on the tip to make sure my family is taken care of in case we go without. But some of the consciousness that I heard on the other planet were people who had locked themselves away in their bunkers and then came out and everybody was gone. They didn't see how they left. They didn't see what the purpose of it was. It was like war ensued. They went into their bunkers. They came out later. Everything was dead. And they were saying, I knew this would happen. I knew it would happen. They took me over to this mansion and I saw this wealthy man inside there. He was looking out this window. I felt like I was looking over the Hollywood Hills for some reason. And he had this giant room behind him with all this gold and money and cash and jewelries. And this man was looking out over the window. One of the richest men in the world, don't know who it was. And uh, his family was dead and he was sad. And I could hear his consciousness and a lot of the consciousness of some of the survivors saying, I should have listened. I put all my emphasis on my riches and my power and all of these things. And I helped co-create the destruction of this planet. And they had to sit there and live in what they created. That was their penance. That was their karma. In a way, I saw it as on that lower reality earth, they simply thought everybody died in the wars and the nuclear fallout. And they just assumed everybody died, but they didn't really know that everybody had ascended or disappeared into somewhere else. And on the higher end of the planet, I saw that it was sort of like the contrast between those who are more on an ascended timeline and those who are more in that destruction and hatred and all the ugliness, their worlds became so separate. By the time this new technology comes in, those people who live the more sufferable reality are so far out of the reality of those who are on the more ascended timeline that they just assume everybody got the healing. They just assume, oh, those people must have been fed. They must have been healed because all this healing and technology went around the planet. But in fact, it was just like, they just sort of phased out. They just sort of faded out of the reality. It's just like the same reason I know that there's a bunch of meth addicts somewhere on this island, but I don't see them and I don't connect with them. I know that they're there, but they're not part of my reality. I never run into those people, you know? Think of that more on a global scale. So this is this wild vision that I had. And I was also told that neither side was going to really know that the change had even happened. But they told me that I would know it had happened when we see this massive technology influx come into our world. So they said that it would feel very gradual to everybody on the planet. And everyone would just think that we were all saved and it all got better. And on the other timeline, everybody would think that, oh, we, everybody just died. They said that there would be a very small number of people on the planet who would be fully aware of when that shift happens, but there will be people. And that is what I was shown. And so I don't know, you know, I don't know what to tell you. I worry that people would judge that and think I'm too woo woo and too out there, but that's what I saw. You're a freak. I know. (laughs) So you, know, you just can't say this kind of stuff to everybody. Like, it's just so <laughs> I'm like, I don't even want to begin to try to tell this. It's like too much. Cause once I get resistance, it's like, what's the point? I just want to like, 
everybody on the airwaves out there who's listening to it, you can have your own opinion. It doesn't matter to me. It's all good, but uh, it's, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot to hold and it's a lot to like want to run to the Hills and tell everybody it, but you know, I don't think a lot of people can jive with that. I've heard a lot of freakier stuff come out of your mouth than that, Jude, that, that does, I totally align <laughs> with that. So, so for me, now this wasn't a vision. This is something that I was told that I actually was sharing with a client and sometimes spirit, I'll be talking to a client and spirit like taps me on the shoulder, like pay attention to this. This is for you as well. So what I was told was that we were going to move into a place where we would be living in oneness and in harmony with our plants, with our water sources, with our air, with our animals, uh, with our, our trees, that we would be moving into a place where we would be going back in time, like the indigenous peoples to sustainable harvest methods, where we would be using plants as a medicine source for healing, that we would be able to communicate with our plants and our animals and our elements, that we would see elements as beings and respect them as if they were a being. We would stop eating animals that were um, full vegans um, because we would get to a point where we would see animals as our sisters and as our brothers and as our kin, that we would move into a place of less separation and division of full harmony and oneness where humans would no longer think that we were the top of the food chain, that we were the hierarchy, that we were the priority, that um, everything was beneath us, that we would see everything as our equal. And that I also saw a technology piece, but I got that once we got to that place that we would choose to develop technology that actually helped heal the planet or helped us, you know, use things in a better way to sustain the health of our planet. And, you know, our goals with technology and with how we worked and what we did would all shift into a different place. So I asked spirit right away. I said, I'm a vegetarian, but I said, Oh, do I need to become a vegan? And spirit said, no, it'll get to the point where you just will not be able to do that. You will not be able to just pluck plants out of the ground without recognizing the health of their survival. And, and if that is a respectful way to harvest and you won't be able to eat animals and you won't be able to pollute because it won't be a choice. It will be a lifestyle because we'll be living in this harmonious state of oneness. And so I thought that was beautiful and amazing that we're just going to morph into that and move into that. I 100% agree with that. I think that our intuitive and psychic and clairvoyant abilities are going to get more and more transparent. And it'll be exactly as you said, you're just not going to be able to kill an animal anymore. You know, it's just not going to feel good to you. Even mm -hmm. just plants, you're not going to want to eat plants that were laced with chemicals or weren't loved and appreciated and given gratitude. You're simply just not going to be able to do it because the sensitivity will be so raw and it'll be so real that you naturally are going to gravitate towards doing uh, these certain things. And I think that somehow coincides with the technologies because I believe that there are advanced civilizations that have very, very high technologies that are amazing, but we collectively are not mature enough or ascended enough to handle those technologies responsibly. And I think that mm -hmm. there are people in the know or beings in the know who are waiting patiently on the sidelines for us to ascend to a certain level to give us these technologies. They already exist. We're not going to invent them. 
that's my feeling, or maybe it seemingly seems that we're going to invent them because the ETs or these higher beings are giving people the downloads and information for them to invent that. However, we want to look at it, but I believe a huge reason why they're not here already is because we're not mature enough to handle those technologies, but I think we're getting closer and closer by the day. I was also told that there have been uh, many ETs or aliens that have come down and have given us technology and information that we have abused and not used in the right way or used correctly. And that this is another round that they're hoping that we will be able to get to a place where we can utilize that knowledge in the proper way. Do you agree with that? Yes. And I believe that we are going to, I don't think it's any more a question if it is just a matter of when. So all this talk about moving into a higher vibrational frequency, keeping your vibration up, doing things that you love, being happy, being around people you love. So I know that there are people out there that are saying, well, sure, you're a privileged white woman. Now, this is where things get really tricky and uncomfortable. If we are manifesting our own reality, if we chose to be incarnated in a certain role, and we've talked about before about reincarnation, how the abuser may come back as the abused and and vice versa. A wealthy person may choose to come back and live in poverty to understand the other aspect of this. There are people that are in really difficult situations that are in pain and suffering and are having a hard time figuring out how the hell they're supposed to live in a higher vibrational frequency because they're not in a place where that's easy to do. And you may say like for me, for instance, through isolation, I isolated in my beautiful home on a wooded acre with a pond in the backyard. You know, my reality during that was a lot different than a lot of people's reality, you know, including one of my clients that lives in a small apartment in New York and had a morgue truck running below his apartment during that entire time. So there are many different realities. Now, the thing here that's so hard is if we are supposed to have compassion and kindness and empathy and awareness of those that are suffering, yet we are manifesting this wonderful reality. How do we not feel guilty? How do we not feel guilty about being privileged or doing this? So this is something that's come up a lot for me lately on being an empath is how do I have that awareness and kindness and still keep my vibration high? So the other part of this coin could be how do I live in poverty and suffer and have a high vibrational frequency? So this is, this is a really tricky subject because it's kind of like, you don't tell somebody that's abused. Oh, well, maybe you were the abuser in a past life. You know, of course you would never say that it's awful. And you don't tell someone that's suffering. Oh, well, you're not manifesting the right life, you know, or you're not manifesting abundance because it goes so far beyond that. I don't even know where I'm going with this, Jude, but I just want to hear what you have to say about this, because there are those of us that are privileged. Did we manifest that? Did we choose that in this incarnation? Should we feel guilty about that? Should we be reaching out more and helping others more because of what we have available to us? Of course, yes. But I'm just curious. I don't even know what the question is. I would just like to hear your response to this. Yeah, this is definitely triggering all my don't say the wrong thing and piss everybody off kind of 100%. Yeah, because it is it is tricky. I don't think that this is a very simple explanation. I would like to think that anybody listening to this podcast has at least some spiritual understanding or awareness and resonates with a lot of the things that we say. So 
they might understand this, but you know, if you took what I'm about to say and give it to somebody else who's in a really sufferable place, I think they would be pissed. I think that they might be offended. You know, what comes up for me in this is a basic understanding of what this reality is and how it works. You know, my highest truth is that we have to understand that we are powerful creators and that we are creating everything in our experience. And a lot of the things that are in our experience are agreements that we made prior to being wiped from the memory of ever having made them. You know, we are very thoughtful in our design of what it is that we're here to experience. And from our higher viewpoint, from our higher self-consciousness, to suffer, to put ourselves through suffering, it has a purpose. It has a lesson in it. It has growth for us. So we do it for a reason. We know when we're on the other side that when we come into life and it can feel like a lifetime or decades or periods and windows of the most horrific things that we're experiencing, but on the other side, which is eternal and timeless, we know that once we reach back to where we came from, those moments are nothing at all. And so that's why it's so easy for us to say, yeah, I've done this time and time and time again. I know once I get back, it won't feel as heavy as it did when I was there going through it. And so I'm willing to go through it again because the lessons I've learned are so enriching to my spirit that why wouldn't I go through it? It's almost like, why wouldn't you? And the intricate design of this reality strips us from all memory and knowing of why it is that we designed our lives in the way. Why did we choose parents that were negligent or abusive? Or why did we choose to be born into poverty? Or why did we choose to get in a terrible accident, you know, that put limitations on our physical body that made the rest of our lives super challenging? Like, why do we do the things that we do? If we had a full awakened awareness to our soul's entire journey, we would have total understanding. But because we don't, it oftentimes feels like we are burdened, that we are the victim of the situations that are happening around us. We can't pinpoint why these things are happening. Why am I going through this when the person living next door to me seemingly has it all and is living a fabulous life? And then so we feel bitter and we feel jealous and we feel like, well, what makes them so special? And then we start looking at our own realities and start saying, well, I got dealt a crap hand. That's why. And we start pitting the blame of the design of our lives on everything except for us. There's a lot of people in the world who are very attached to always being the victim. And I can speak of this because I myself was one of those people. One of the things that I'm always trying to teach people who come see me is you have to observe everything that's going on in your life as something higher trying to tell you where there is balance and imbalance, where you find your successes and your happiness and your joy is showing you where the balances lie in your soul body and your spirit body and where there is disruption and chaos and challenges is trying to clue you in to parts or codes within your own soul matrix that are out of alignment, that are looking for healing, that are looking for lessons, that are looking for strength. 
it's not just these ailments that we have in our feelings or the way we think, or even the physical manifestations of what's happening with our bodies. It's happening in our relationships. It's happening with where we ended up living with the career path we're in. It happens with our abundance, you know, and, um, it, it happens in so many forms. And if you look around right now, you know, if you start making a list right now and you're like, these are the things that I'm really stoked and grateful on. And these are the things that kind of suck and I'm not happy with. I would start paying attention to those things that you're not happy with and then see and ask, how is it that I have created this? Unfortunately, not everybody has that clairvoyant sense to look at the past lives and say, wow, this is happening because I have hurt this person in a past life. Maybe somebody can't see that they have a heart condition because they have the inability to forgive people who've hurt them in their lives. If you start upon the spiritual path and you start peeling back the layers of how this reality works, you can find your way to the healing. You can move and reweave the energies that you're holding into higher patterns, which will reflect into a better reality. I believe this with every facet of my being. I have walked the walk. I grew up the only non-white kid in an all-white town, poor, with abusive parents. I was picked on terribly all through school and high school. You know, nobody ever told me that they loved me. Nobody ever told me that I was good at anything. In fact, I always felt that I was a burden and nuisance to everybody that I ever came around. And I was very attached to being the victim. And once I changed my perspective of remembering and realizing that, wait a minute, I designed this. I'm in control of this. I put this in place because there was something that I wanted to learn from this. I'm trying to dig deep and prove something in myself. And once I started looking at my reality like that, it gave me the pathway to move out of a suffering reality the quality of my reality started getting better, but it's not going to happen overnight. You don't just change your mind and everything's suddenly better. It takes work. It's effort. You got to keep going and chipping away. And a lot of people don't have it in them to do the work. They want instant, fast results. We take pills. Let's block our consciousness from even understanding what's going on with us. Let's just push all the blame on somebody else. And, and so you ask, should we feel guilty? Well, in my understanding of the way I see the world is that everybody who lives a blessed life, if you're born into a great family with abundance and you have all the things, it's not because you're better than somebody. It's because you've earned it. You've earned it through your soul's journey. And um, nobody should be able to judge. And this is where that conversation gets tricky, that we should look at somebody and be jealous and vindictive towards somebody who seemingly has it all. Because we don't know what their soul's journey is. We don't know what they have to gain. And things on the surface can look fabulous, but doesn't mean it always is on the on the deeper parts of what's going on. Everybody has their challenges. And for those that are living a more sufferable reality, it's not necessarily that they're being punished. Maybe that they're putting themselves in a challenge so that they can dig deep within themselves and discover something beautiful in something about their inner strength or the journey of getting to the light. I mean, that I feel like that was my story specifically. And quite simply, there are people who are just never meant to understand how this reality works. They are so attached to being the victim. They are so attached to their pain bodies. They are so attached to this super 
narrow-sighted viewpoint that they are separate from everybody and everything and that there's no power within themselves that can shift that. And there's no amount of coaxing or talking or educating or projecting on anybody that's going to make them see something that they're not ready to see for themselves. And if those people want to go down that path and continue to co-create their own miserable reality with their negative mind thought and their hopelessness and their victimhood and all these things, then that's their path. You know, if you pluck somebody out of a reality that had more hardships and you were to listen to what their inner thoughts were. They probably don't feel a lot of worthiness in themselves. They probably don't look at the world in a hopeful lens. They probably have a lot of negative thinking, not only towards themselves, but towards the world around them. And then they continue to spew that vibration, that energy. And then that energy gets reflected back at them continuously in the things that are going on in their life. I've been there where I was like going through the worst crap ever. And it was just almost painful for me to watch people having a good life. But I learned and it was work and it was day to day, piece by piece. And it took many, many years until I was able to like bend over into a higher spectrum of blessings rather than suffering. And I still haven't got it all figured out. You know, I still have my challenges. I mean, there's so many layers of what, can create suffering in people. Sometimes it's not just what's happening in the current time. And there are people who on paper look like they live blessed lives, but they're miserable inside. And there could be leftover stuff from other lifetimes. There are people who want to cling to the suffering of their ancestors and spew that pain out to the people around them rather than finding a space in them to find compassion and forgiveness or even recognition that they themselves may have been the perpetrators that hurt their ancestors. But you can't force this quality of consciousness and recognition of how this reality works on people. Either they're going to find it and they're going to be on that path or they're not. But am I supposed to hold guilt and responsibility for those who have the inability or the lack of willingness to see that in their reality? And should I feel terrible because that is my understanding? No, I don't want to hold on to the guilt. Once again, just trying to tell me that I don't feel like I'm worthy. I'm not worthy to be in the light, to be in the love, to feel the balance, to feel the blessings. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of seeing it for everybody else that everybody holds on to this guilt in order to punish themselves and to keep themselves from feeling worthy of this light of unconditional loving acceptance. You know, it's complex, but it takes a level of awareness to understand that this reality isn't super black and white. It's not linear and it's not one layer and there's many things going on and it's mysterious. And what, what we do as spiritual guides for people is just scratching the surface of what there is to know and understand in other worlds and dimensions that are working in different ways and how that's affecting us in the multiverse, you know, I think it goes very deep, but um, there is also something in viewing our realities from a higher consciousness that has the ability to understand that everything is happening for a reason and everything is happening with purpose. And you always have to trust the way everything is unfolding. There are people who are going to be so deep in terrible situations that this light this awareness, uh, this higher truth is not going to reach them. 
there might be other nuggets of truth, little crumbs that will lead them along the way to get them out of the suffering. That's where people who offer charity, this is why we have things like religion. These are the stepping stones to start to get some of those people out. Some people simply are just not meant to reach this quality of knowing. Some people are just not meant to understand it in this way. Who am I to try to explain this or tell this to somebody who's not willing to listen and refuses to hear it and wants to stay in their negative mind thinking, deciding that the world is working against them and they are a victim and there's nothing and they are powerless and they are hopeless. And you know what? That is the reality that they continue to create for themselves. There's so many resources out there for us to find ways to help ourselves. We just have to be wanting it and desiring it and willing to put in the effort to get us there. Yeah, I think there's also something to be said that some of us are probably wired to succeed. And some of us are already predetermined to fail. And that's just part of it. But if you can remember that we are all one divine consciousness, we are all just many little facets of one consciousness pretending to be different, that those who are out there succeeding are just as much me as those who are out there failing. And the reason that there is aspects of the whole that need to fail and need to succeed to the highest degree is because without the other, we never know how high or how low we actually are. The ETs once told me that the one true desire of any conscious being in the universe is to know everything. So we sign up for the bad stuff and it is just as important in our growth and learning as the good stuff is. This is all just an experience. So yeah, I don't know if that really answered your question, but those are the thoughts that came to mind. Thank you, Jude, for sharing that. I have always felt privileged. When I was 21 and I was a police officer, I had a suicide on the east side of my little tiny town. And then I went there and took care of the woman that was dying. And then I got a call on the west side of the town for another suicide. And this is in a little tiny mountain town in Colorado. And so I was, you know, pretty screwed up after that. I went home and drank a bottle of wine and I thought, yeah, I need help. And I went to a therapist and I told them about this. It was a, a husband and a wife. And they started asking me questions about my family and about my life and about my experiences. And when I got done sharing with them, they both looked at me and their mouth was kind of hanging open. They said, wow, you've had a really, really difficult life. And I'm like, what? And I was shocked that they said that because I always felt that I was privileged. I said, I'm healthy. I have food to eat. You know, I have a shelter over my head, you know, and they said, you have a brother that's tried to kill you a few times. You have blah, blah, blah. But even though I had those difficulties, I always felt privileged to be here, privileged to be in this life. You know, I felt like so much gratitude for what I did have that when they brought this to my attention, I was shocked. So for me, you know, being a privileged white female, I feel like I manifested that because I always felt privileged and lucky, even though things were difficult. And maybe this is my crazy optimistic side. I always felt how lucky I was to be here. But I think that this is like lifetimes of good work that you've done. You already came in so well advanced. I feel like I came in testing myself as a soul. I wanted to create such a oppressed situation to test my own strength of spirit to see if I could dig through it and find my way back to the light. I remember designing that. 
took me a long time to finally remember that, but you know, I have my reason for going through the things that I did and it helped shape who I am as a healer and as a guide for people. It was part of my process and it was a proof in my soul that all these other lifetimes that I've dedicated to my spiritual path and my spiritual learning to come into this life without a tribe, without an elder, without a teacher, and to still be able to come back into my knowing was a huge triumph for me as a soul. But yeah, I don't think that just because somebody came in with a more privileged life that they're just got a luck of the draw. They earned it. They earned it. Okay. And just because you're seemingly in a life that sucks, doesn't mean that you're being punished. It means that you're digging deep to find something in your own self. And I, I think that's ex exactly where the planet is right now, that we as a collective consciousness are digging deep to find out what really matters, what's really important, what we need, how to manifest love and light and oneness. So I think we're doing that right now too, rather than accepting the way things are or getting sucked into the negative, we're trying to manifest the positive. You know, like we have so much potential as a human race with this beautiful planet of abundance that we live on, you know, and, and we've been going the total wrong direction. Now we can manifest moving into that place of harmony with the planet, or we can live in a state of greed. And I don't want to move into a higher dimension because that means I lose my power and I lose the, my sense of hierarchy or importance. And those are the people that are going to, you know, stand on the planet as it dies, that, that dying side of the planet, where those that want to change or want to embrace who they already are stronger are going to move into that higher healed planet. A question I've gotten from people who know of some of these prophetic visions that I have are, am I on the higher timeline? They, that's like, they're like worried, like, am I, and I'm sort of like, obviously, you know, I've asked you that a couple of times. <laughs> Do you think I'm there? <laughs> I think most of us make it to the higher timeline. I, I saw that there was only a very small pocket of people, but I was also told those that went into the lower reality, absolutely a hundred percent agreed to it. And we also have to understand that we are all one. We've talked about this many times that we are all just facets of a one consciousness pretending to be different. I am experiencing me through Patty and me and all of you. And we are all the same being experiencing different versions of ourselves. And in order for us to fully embrace and know the glory of winning, of being in the light, you have to have the contrast of the dark. Earth is a beautiful school in which we can experience such a deep contrast and learn so much in a very short window of time. This like tiny little blip of a moment that we are here. There's so much learning that can unfold. And uh, when we come back into our wholeness, into our oneness, we have the whole scope of all the experiences that we've been through throughout the cosmos, throughout the universes and multiverses. And we get to be source. We get to be God consciousness. And that's why I understand that it happens that way. So it's all part and it's all in agreement and it all serves a purpose and not everybody is meant to be saved. That's part of their learning. The higher density beings or the higher consciousness beings are very unattached to the suffering because they understand there's purpose in it. And uh, eventually I think that that's where we're heading is understanding that there's no really good or bad. It's all just an experience and it's all for our growth ultimately. Well, another thing is self-acceptance and self-love. You can't live 
a life of love for others if you don't love yourself. And we need to get rid of the guilt and the self-hate and let all that go and just have as much love for yourself as you can. And that will allow you to love others and move into a higher space of love. So it starts at home. It starts with your feeling about yourself. And I have people in my life that just believe the world is ending and that we're all going to die in a fiery war with no water. And so to them, I say, if that's true, do you want to go down in flames watching the news and being upset and yelling at people and fighting? Or do you want to go outside and be in the sun and smell the air and put your feet in the river and be around people that you love. Like regardless of where we're going, we have a choice on how to be in the moment. I agree. Well, we put it all out there for you. Like you asked, we hope you'll come back for the next episode and listen. (laughs) (laughs) This has moved us beyond our comfort zone. Um, But I kind of feel privileged that we've gotten to a place in podcast where we feel safe enough and sure enough in our ourselves and self-acceptance that we're able to speak really honestly and truthfully. We hope we didn't offend anybody again. You know, we're not the experts on anything. All we're doing is sharing what we're getting through our channels with spirit and We hope that you got something out of this episode that whether you agreed or disagreed, that it stirred something within you and, you know, maybe helped you look at things a little bit differently or think of things a little bit deeper. Yeah. Ultimately, the message that I'm always trying to convey to anybody is we are the creators of our reality individually and collectively and everything that we can do within ourselves to heal, to raise our vibration and to expand that quality of love and healing and compassion that we can give ourselves out to others, the better this world's going to be. And you will see a change. You will see how putting the effort and energy into making these shifts will change things in your reality. It will be validated. So I urge anyone listening to stop sitting and waiting for miracles to happen. Go out there and make the miracles for yourself. Put the effort in. So thank you for listening. Aloha. Take care.